Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, mate, what's that thing coming out of your head? This? Yeah, mate, that thing. It's uh, a horn. What? Uh, basically, my dad had sex with a unicorn, so my mum's a unicorn, so I've got a horn coming out of my head. I mean, I'm absolutely sick of telling this story. Oh, mate, it must be well bad having to explain that all the time. I wish there's a way of maybe making a film out of it, and then people could just watch the film and I wouldn't have to explain myself the whole time. Oh, you want to get in touch with her film project? They help people from like groups that aren't sort of non-traditional and that sort of thing get into film. Find out more at her film project. Thanks. No worries, mate. Oh, I gotta do this now. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Film Fandango. Yes, it's this week. David is still not back. He has now had the baby. Congratulations, David. I am joined by a guest, a man who I have never met <laughs> until four hours ago. Welcome, stranger. <laughs> Thank you. This is Matt Skillington. Do you like to have been called Matthew or Matt? No, Matt Skillington's fine for me, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just do some introductions now. Yep. Matt Skellington is a member of Seldom Differ Sketch Group. Yep. Who I found out about on YouTube. Very funny. Surprisingly few followers and it makes me cross. No, that's, yeah. I think that's the first contact we had actually, isn't it? Because you, did you tweet something? Yeah. I'm surprised you've not got... I'm one of the few comics that actually tweets out other people's things they find funny rather than just... Gets bitter and goes. I'm not. Oh, that's funny. I'm yeah. not give them any work. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was nice. I think that was last year, and um, I was like, oh, that's nice of of him to say that because you know, like you say, we don't really get much of them, no. especially from other budding comedians. So it was a very nice thing for you to say. You know? Oh, it's, oh well, I'm well, I'm not really a nice person, but one of the few instances of me being nice. Yeah. Anyway, um, Matt also does a podcast. Is it called Skill Leave It or Not? Yeah, yeah, Matt Skillington, Skillive It or Not, yeah. With the best intro music to any podcast. <laughs> so if you go into... I couldn't find it. I just wrote Skillington into iTunes. And did it pop straight up? Yeah. Oh, that's good. I was trying to, I tried to put different Skillive different times and it didn't come it up. Well, the problem is with this is that I usually spell it with the dollar sign as the S. And the Skillive, it's... Uh, because of having the surname Skillington, obviously... I get called skills sometimes, so sometimes I refer to myself as skills, but I spell it with a dollar S and then finish it with a Z. It looks cool, but it literally definitely affecting your audience numbers. Yes. Well, on the podcast itself, it's not spelt with a dollar sign, so I don't know why. I think I think it's your inability to spell that is the, the main... I don't think we're at the stage no. where we can make those sort of... <laughs> no, I forgot about those yours. Those <laughs> sort of character slurs. Anyway, Matt contacted me about me doing his podcast. I thought, oh, do you know what? Uh, I've got a very limited circle of friends. Let's mm. get, let's do 
a double podcast record. You trapped me, didn't you? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. And you couldn't say and you couldn't say no then. No, no. You're screwed. No, it was it was an honour and a privilege to be asked and um I just want to say thank you for having me on your show. Oh, it's a pleasure. And we went to the cinema to see the Florida Project. We had a nice coffee first of all, got to know each other, mm-hmm. so it didn't feel too uncomfortable. I bought you some popcorn. We sat back you, and then... You've looked after me like a king. Oh, that's very kind. Um, the Florida Project is... I mean, I should have really done... People look up directors and stuff beforehand. I like to do it during, during. the show. Is it Ben... Ben, this is called him Ben Smith. It's Sean Baker. <laughs> so a similar sort of similar sort of genre of names. I was way off. Similar sort of genre of names. Directed by Sean Baker, who he ah he directed Tangerine and wrote Tangerine. Tangerine was the film that was shot on the iPhone, I believe that everyone went mental for, um. and that's the reason why everyone goes, yeah, you can shoot um you can shoot films on your iPhones these days. I mean. You can't. You look shit. And they definitely had loads of apps and proper silly lenses attached to it. I mean, you'd be a dick if you were going to spend all that money on a film and shot it on his iPhone. But it's worked out for Sean Baker. He didn't shoot this on his iPhone. Um, or maybe he did at the end. We'll get actually, to that. Actually, yeah. Maybe that was his reference to where, you know, yeah. his, his roots. That's a good point. Of course, that's a good... I mean, just realised that. Anyway, can you... Are you good at describing films? Because I'm not. Um, How would you describe that? giving away to these boys. What's the basic premise of this business? The basic premise about this film is it's all set around a motel called the Magic Kingdom, which is run by a guy called Danny, I believe. Is it, or Bobby. 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 I mean, it's only been half an hour since you <laughs> Played by Willem <laughs> Dafoe. Um, and it's. I think the story is is mainly about a, a lady and mother who is struggling to support her child. A young mother. A young mother. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the the difficulties of, of bringing up a child with no money and not very good prospects. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. Um, but you'd seen the trailer for this film. Yeah. And, I, and the trailer is one of those things where, I mean, I don't think trailers really help films these days. They t- tend to put me off. I thought it was, mm. it seems to be, the trailer did look a lot better than the film. And I've heard this film has been really highly praised. It's got 92 on Metacritics. Everyone's 8.1 IMDb. Everyone's saying it's a sort of Oscar. I, 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 don't, I don't think it is. No, I, I, it looks beautiful. Pur- purple... Purple Hotel is brilliant. Yeah, I was thinking that hotel must exist. They couldn't have just painted that. But when he said, um, spoilers, he spent $20,000 on the hotel, I thought. Yeah. painting it. That's quite a lot of work for twenty. That's quite a lot of painting. That is, yeah. That's quite, quite a cheap a, price, I think. Big building, though. Yeah. And, and to be fair, that colour is probably quite pricey. Actually, I think it might be one of those situations where they can't sell that stuff. Right. A really horrible lilac, I'd say lilac colour. But yeah. it works in a big on a big building, I think. And it looks great on film. Mm. And I think <clears throat> the, the look of it was... It was very well directed. It was. Uh, it, did, it had that documentary feel to it. It was a nice... It, uh, very twee, I think. There, there was a lot... It was based around the, the kids as well. There was some great, we should say, the, the child. It's mainly ones. just, it's, it's a brilliant child. They fluked on a really, well, I don't know if they fluked on a, 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 who plays Mooney, her name's Brooklyn Print, and she's just really likeable and watchable and really funny. She will she will do great things, I think. Sort of a classy, kids do the funniest things, stroke, cross between a brutal fly-on-the-wall documentary about mm. poor, sort of, America, where people have to stay in motels, but they can't stay there for the whole... They have to move out one day every month so they don't get permanent residency so that the hotel can charge them as a guest. It's entertaining, but nothing really happens, I don't think. Yeah, there's some moments with her, the Mooney girl. <clears throat> I think some of it looked Im- improvised as well, maybe with It her. must have been, because the kids are so... Actually, I thought This Is England. You've seen that where... Yeah, yeah. That young car and Thomas Turgoose is absolutely incredible in it. Mm. And then as he's got older and more aware, he's sort of got worse. Yeah, I think as an actor because he's not 
Yeah, yeah. He's just totally, and he's aware now, and he's acting. Whereas then, it looked like the director said, "Just do this thing and yeah. mess around, and we'll film it." Yeah, he's not a great actor, but anyone can kind of act if they're just playing and improvising. Yeah. I suppose. And, well, not not everyone, but I think it's easier for kids, especially. But also, it's a good um, sign that it was the director was a, was a good one because I think you need that if you're going to direct children. You need that good connection, don't you, to yeah. be able to get the best out of them. And I think um, they did it in This Is England. Uh, what's his chops? He's a great director. Sean, Jay Meadows. Jay Meadows, yeah. He obviously connected with the kids in a way that they could get the best performance out of them, which doesn't always happen. No, most, um, most nine out of ten kids, I want to punch in the face. Yeah, but, you know, we've talked about that, haven't we? I mean, there was an awkward moment when we are watching the film, and this... They must have shot loads of footage for this because there aren't really scenes. They're sometimes just... Vignettes, you could say. Oh, I, I've been dying to hear the word vignette <laughs> on this. This is now a podcast this that is... you talks about vignettes. Yeah, no oh, problem. yes. That's sort what of I think David would have said, vignettes. Come on, we said we don't... No, no talk of Dave while I'm here. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, it's vignettes. Mm. As I was saying on the way here, it's a lot of vignettes. But there was one awkward sequence where there's a character uh, who's basically a paedophile. Yes. Walks into the park. And uh, he bore a lot of quite a strong resemblance. <laughs> quite a strong resemblance to me. And I was, uh, I had to say... <laughs> <laughs> well, I I was going to tap you on the, you on the leg and go, oh, Marek, that's, that's you. But I thought, I'm not, I've literally... I chatted you to about for, to you for about half an hour before we went into this. Yeah, I thought it might be. I didn't want to risk it, you know, by saying you it. have to say. Th- I have to say to me. Well, you said something, and it kind of. I thought I can enjoy the rest of the film now because I've not got that on my mind that I think that paedophile looks like Mary. Well, I think I've even got the same pair of shorts as he was wearing. <laughs> I thought you brought me along to your kind of. Uh, you know, you were in the film. And, yeah, uh, and you were just basically come and see this film. Yeah, there he is. There he is. Oh, it's really good. Default really Peter. Yeah, it's quite a depressing thing, and that's the part that I would get to play. But you were saying you thought, uh, what did you think of William? Because William Defoe plays the caretaker. He plays, not... yeah. <clears throat> he, as far as the fact that he's he's got a name, you know, it's William Defoe. It's it's a bit of an indie film, and to get a name like that is always going to be good to push the film. But I don't think it was particular like a part made for him or I think there could be a there could have been a lot more kind of un, lesser known actors that could have played that part and done just as good but that's the sort of thing of the industry of getting some I mean the budget is two million. Oh, okay which is really, really low I suppose yeah. for it. so he must have done it for a few well I was thinking when I was watching it I was thinking I wonder if he actually got paid or whether he knew someone who was trying to help it or because he didn't Produce, uh, co-producer or anything like that I don't think so I don't think he actually put any money in but I'd be interested to see if he took a fee or whether he did a Brad Pitt circus snatch what did Brad Pitt do in snatch then? didn't want a penny for it mate you're joking <laughs> didn't take a penny for it mental he just said you know let me take my top off and let me do a, an Irish accent and I'll, I'll do it for free always take as much always rinse <laughs> As much money as you can. But this, this is the thing, though, Mark. Now, you know, people get to a certain status and there's all this money and all this fame and they think, well, what, what can I give back? And you give it back to uh, Snatch. That's the thing, isn't it? You just do... They, you start doing... It's a problem with acting. You start out... I mean, I can talk about this in your podcast later on. I'm mm. plugging it to believe it or not. You start you. out do, wanting to do something and then you get cast in a certain role... And then you have to do end up doing the job you want to in the first place for free and just do all these mainstream <laughs> bullshit things. Yeah, but it's like when you, these swanky parties when they they'll go to some kind of showing of a film or something and then come out and they they've been given a bag full of iPods and <clears throat> you know, I don't know Reese's Pieces or all the other expensive stuff and they give it them for free. Mm. But they have the money. Yeah, it's like clothing brands go, oh you can wear these, and it's like yeah, but I can afford to to buy it now. So can I just? Can I just pay for it? Yeah. Well, where's all the money going? I don't know. Well, you've got nine kids to feed now, all adopted, aren't they? So. Rich people get stuff for free. Poor people have to pay for it. Bloody, make me sick. And this is actually 
connected to the film as well. Yes. Um, because, I mean, can we talk about the end? I'm presuming if people are... I mean, it, it's... Uh, I don't, we, we don't... It's not really spoilers, because it's a film which doesn't really feel... We, we, we can talk about giving spoilers away, but it's not. It's more a look into someone's life rather than a story itself. Yes, exactly, yeah. It's a, it's a recording of a certain time in, in someone's life. Uh, a brief couple of weeks, I'd say. Rather than any hard narrative. No, there's no there's no narrative at all, actually. I think, uh, to be fair, I was a little bit... Uh, there was points in the film where I thought, I'm looking forward to this being over. It, one, one hour, 51 minutes. Half an hour. Is that what it was? Yeah, half an hour too long, I agree. Yeah. It did, it felt long, you could, it, it stretched, didn't it? Yeah. And although it looked nice and that the, the, the actresses, especially like I said, that, that girl in particular, that child, were phenomenal, it did kind of drag on a little bit too long. But the ending's really weird, in fact it looks as though it's just recorded on someone's phone, the last two minutes. Yeah, I wonder, I, I bet someone else has spoken about that. I, I think... Potentially, it's because they didn't want to send a camera into the place that they end up in the end of the film, mm. because they wanted to be a bit more in- incognito. Either that, or they just ran out of film, ran out of money, literally. But yeah. then they probably didn't shoot it in chronological order. So yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's, you, a good, that's a good idea. How many um, uh, mats or how many skillingtons would you give it? Um, out of ten. It's a tricky question. Okay, you know my positives. It yeah. looks great. Yeah, I think it's. I think he's a good. He's a decent director. Willem yeah. Willem Dafoe always class act. I had a cameo in it. You had a cameo in it, um, which was one of the, one of your finest bits of work. Thank you. Um, and it was funny, but it was serious and touching in parts. But my downsides, the negatives, are the fact that the narrative, there was no real narrative, um, which I feel like it loses your yeah. uh, interest. After a while, you kind of go, okay, well, I need something to get into here. I had a cameo in it. You had a cameo in it. That was also quite distressing to see. So that's, that's a negative and a positive, yeah. double-edged sword. Um, and it was too long, I think. So, it, you know, out of ten... I'm thinking maybe a four or a five. Really? Five, five that low. Holy shit. I've gone too low, haven't I? I feel really bad because I thought you enjoyed it, but you must have been hating it if it was four or five. No, is that too low? Yeah, but... I would give it seven Mariks. Seven Mariks? Yeah, because I thought it was... I did really enjoy it. It was half an hour too long, but I think it's it a it's really original film. Um, is it? I think it is. Just see that. It, it, it's something a bit of an... You don't really have anything... Like leaving Las Vegas is sort of set in there, in a sort of mot- that sort of motel place. Yeah, it's always a place that someone get ends up in and gets shot. Alan Partridge did it, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit no, but American yeah. Alan Partridge who plays him with a child. Leaving Las Vegas actually is <clears throat> one of my favourite films, and one of Nicolas Cage's finest performances. Well, I, were you getting emotional then? No, that was just the effort I was putting in to say finest because. I want you to be the first person to cry on this podcast. Ah, well, maybe. Maybe it could be today. I'm very emotional. Um, but that bit's because it had a good narrative, you know. It's a story yeah. about a man who was absolutely losing his mind but was dedicated on completing his goal. I don't think this film really had it. I don't... You know... Do you know I'm going to give it... I'll give it six... I feel like I've swayed you away from the four or five. Yeah, well, maybe I was being a bit harsh, though. You no, know. give it... You can give it... What comes across? Five. Give, five. Okay. I'm going to give it five skillies. Well, there we go. The Florida Project, slightly overrated from what everyone says, according to the, these wizened. Is it wizened? Is it, is it, that's sort of old, but not wise, is it? But I'll, I'll always go in with an open mind to, to any film. Yeah, and I have you know I tend to watch it to the end, even if I'm watching a film and I think God, this is poor. Yeah, you know, I tend to watch it to the end just so I can 
just so so that you know if I go oh that was a terrible film and then someone goes oh did you watch it at the end and I go no and they go oh well it's a big twist and actually it's a really good film yeah I felt this film felt like there was something that was really going to happen at the end of it but didn't no um, it was a night there was some lovely tension built at the end um, it really starts building that last few few scenes at the end it's, it's good and it, but it doesn't the, the payoff is kind of kind of nice but I don't know well, did not blow me away. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, thank you. Um, now it's time for this. Here we go. Here's a letter from Simon uh, Iberson or Iberson. Uh, subject is minor plus points. Greetings, Merrick and friend. I think I can call you a friend now. Yeah, yeah. Um, listening to your review of Death of Stalin uh, 8 Simons I remember seeing Dan Mersch in it and how that minor recognition improved the film for me by about 1% have you ever enjoyed a film slightly more for an incredibly minor reason it's a good question that a good question so what 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 was his reason for enjoying it um, so da- uh, <clears throat> Death of Stalin is a Armando Nietzsche directed it and there's a lot of people from my, you're a bit younger than me, but from my generation of mm. comic actors, and you see them pop up in films. Oh, so I see. Justin right, Edwards yeah. and Dan, there's a few people, uh, Liz and I want to see, that we knew, which I actually think throws me out of the film. Ah, uh, Because okay, I think, yeah. oh, right, I know them, and it suddenly feels like you're watching a film. Which right. is my, I really like seeing films of, you know, complete unknowns, then it really feels. So you can really get into it. Well, for example, Blair Witch Project, if you knew someone in that, it would be totally ruined. No, it'd be a comedy, wouldn't it? Yeah. For you. Um, well, do you want to go for... Do you want to try and answer that, Mary? Well, that was my... Uh, my have I enjoyed it slightly more? I enjoy it if I recognise something... Well, here's an example. It's not a film. So we talked about Stranger Things before. Yeah. And when I grew grew up at the arcade, there was an f- arcade game called Dragon's Lair. It was weird that you were, you were born in the arcade and you grew up. I was born in the arcade just by you know that um, the the two penny drop thing they do. Yeah. Two peas in the arcade. Totally yeah. Yeah. I was conceived and born there. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yes. And you you fell down and you came with a uh, key ring. Yes. <laughs> Tokens actually. <laughs> The tokens you collect for a really crap. You think I have got eighteen thousand tokens? <laughs> I would like that pencil stub, please. Oh, well, you know, that, so, sorry, go on. So you were. So <clears throat> I was watching that, and Dragon's Lair was. You know, there's an age when you're before computer games got good, and everyone had computer comp consoles. Yeah. Where arcades were much better than computer games, and then we used to play Double Dragon and mm. other game Commando down there. And then Dragon's Lair came out, which was this game that was animated like a cartoon. Yeah. So the first time anyone had seen it, and it was something like, oh, that's 20p, oh, so that's, 20p a, that's 20p a play. So Dragon's Lair, the one they played, yeah. in, was the game. Everyone, there were queues for Dragon's Lair, and it was notoriously hard. You had to go left, right, you know one could get... Everyone would die after about 30 seconds. Right. But you were desperate to see... You go, I'm not going to go any games. I'm going to queue for Dragon's Lair. And... I can't, I don't, I can't describe it now. Because it was the, first, the gap between crappy computer games to your playing in a cartoon was so huge... Yeah. ...that everyone was blown away by it. And the other one they had was Space Ace that came out later on. So when I saw that in Stranger Things, it took me back to the excitement right. of saying... They've got someone coming in from school, you know, the kid who's allowed to play in the arcades on weekdays, and you know, they really, <laughs> he doesn't do very well at school, but he gets to do the cool things because his parents are slightly shit. Yeah. He goes, there's a new game, there's a new game. Down the arcades, like a cartoon. I'll oh, come off it, mate. Yeah, it's a proper cartoon that gets around. There's a game called Dragon's Lair, anything. On Friday, a mum could go down, stand down, go down the arcade, pound coins just there. Ah, can I go on the. To a tuppany, was it called? Tuppany, tuppany, nudger. Try and get some two peats. Yeah. You'll know, wait around there for the two peats to come out so you can try and serve it for another go on Dragon's Lair, queue up. Genuine excitement. So, so that made it, made, so, made it better for me. So they pulled it off quite well then in, in 
Stranger Things because they really make a big deal about it, don't they? Because everyone they're all running out and they're grabbing as much money as they can. That's why I like Stranger Things because it's literally it's the same. I would have been the same age pretty much as, as they were in that well, a bit younger than they were. And so Dungeons and Dragons was a huge. Yeah. My mum bought me the Dungeons and Dragons starter set and reading this thing, going this is absolute. Someone has written this game for me. What right. a ten-sided dice. Ah oh, shit. <laughs> shit! That in itself is magic, isn't it? Yeah, in a lot of ways. Um, so that is not an example of a film, but that's that's a, a nostalgia moment that makes things better for me. How about you? Monsters. Monsters make things better. As in, what sort of monsters? I like um, this. You know, I always think if you want to make a good monster film, you've got to show as little as the monster as possible. Yes. You know, you just. Hint at it for a while, like in Halloween, you know, you see him occasionally. Or <clears throat> the opening to Jeepers Creepers, I thought was excellent the way he turned. Jeepers Creepers is terrifying. I think it's really underrated that film. Yeah, but it gets shit that film. When you see the monster, yeah. You start seeing him, and the second one was basically a comedy. Um, but I do like uh, one of my favourites, King Kong. The I mean, it's old as shit now, but... Um, the original or the one with... Um... I, uh, the original, mainly, just because of the stop-start animatronics that they did with... Jeff the... Bridges is in, the sec- in this remake, isn't he? He's in, a, he's in a remake of it. Uh, Skull Island. Oh. Is that that one? No, there's one in the 70s with Jeff Bridges really young in the King Kong oh, remake. Okay. Yeah, they made quite a few of them, didn't mm. they? <laughs> I actually thought the, um, the one that was made by old... Um, Old, old see you later mate old, it's gone don't I'm, worry because I've got I'm my computer right. here and no, I'm I talking can, about you're talking about the one made by oh no no I'm talking about the Peter Sal- uh, Peter um, <laughs> I can't say his name Kong Peter I want to say Peter Sellers why's he gone Lord of the Rings oh yeah why Peter, I his name it happened in this house I can't remember anyone's name everyone's listening to this screaming Peter Jackson Peter Jackson god almighty that yeah, I thought his was pretty good as well. Um, and I like the, the, I was going to say, the Shin Godzilla, which is the kind of Japanese 2016 version of Godzilla. Cause they, Did you like that? I thought it was really boring. I It was half an hour too long. Yeah. I'll give you that. But I loved the fact that they kept that classic Japanese retro feel to it. I did not like the the American Godzilla that they made. Oh, I was, talking about, I was talking about the American one, I think. I was talking about the American one where Brian Cranston had the same haircut as the really weird dyed hair. Yeah, the film where they saw Brian Cranston in it and then, spoiler alert, one. he's not in it that long. Um, I thought that was shocking. Yeah, it was ter- really boring. But so, Shin Godzilla is... And, and the Japanese basically deny that, that. I have not seen Shin Godzilla. Oh, this is... I've not seen it at all. I should watch this. Yes. it's um, It's got that old retro smashing down buildings in Japan feel but it's got the touch of it being made last year favourite monster of all time my uncle uh oh oh no no oh oh please oh no 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 <laughs> not today my my favourite monster of all time that's a fab question I do love Godzilla it's a good it Fair enough. But Godzuki, everyone thinks is a prick. Mm. Yeah, I'd probably say Godzilla. Okay. Well, let's move no, on. No, 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 no. I want to tell that back. Okay. The T-Rex from Jurassic Park. Right. Not really a monster, though. Okay. Come back to me with that one. Just have a think about it. I'm just going for I realise I've ticked some of the wrong messages here. You've got um, Also, I have to thank Andy McAfee for... Uh, for redoing the jingle with Lizzie Roper's voice in it, which you heard before. Thank you very much. And we're about two weeks behind on the letters, and I'm going to try and find another one here that I haven't read. So Marek's just looking through the letters now. This is what I need. This is what I need, this stuff here. This is from Stuart Baxter, subject Vince Vaughan. Hi, Marek and guest. Notice that you covered Bone Tomahawk. So I was going to suggest... Oh, my God, great film. Yeah, good, isn't it? So I was going to suggest the director's follow-up Brawl on Cell Block 99. It's brutal, stroke savage, has horrific scenes that are on par with Bone Tomahawk. Wow. Yeah. This is the Vince Vaughn film where he has a 
skinhead, right? Well, it says Vince Vaughn proved his acting chops in True Detective, but he ups his game. P.S. Don't get put off by the title and posters, they're both shit, and I would have avoided what's the director's previous work. Keep doing what you're doing, guys, um, from Stu. So, I even he- haven't even heard of Brawl on Cell Block 99. Yes, I've seen the trailer for this, and uh, I know what it means about the poster. It does look... Uh, it, it looks like Vince Vaughn's had some kind of mental breakdown. Oh, it's a rubbish poster. Vince Vaughn looks like Crichton from Red Dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> but Yeah, I suppose it is a bit in a way. No, it's only come out on 20th October, so hopefully... I've not seen it advertised in cinemas. It's being played at the Prince Charles Cinema, I believe. I saw a poster outside there, okay. uh, in Leicester Square. So maybe... Uh, pop down. Well, I was going to say we could pop down and watch it, but then, you know, I don't push this friendship so far can't you and then exactly before you know it um, there's a nice email wishing us uh, luck from through it's going from Connor L well you know this is all this is because I'm behind on the emails um, uh, another quick email from Ray Blake saying uh, just a quick note to thank Dave for his contribution to wish him all the best for his new family and to wish Marek all the best for the new incarnation of Film Fandango thank you um, very nice. I mean, these are nice. These are nice people. These are good people that listen to this podcast. Let's do one more on another. Thank you from uh, Andy Carmack. Now, these are all well wishing emails. I should have really checked through, but mm. it's nice to give these people um, credit for being good people. Sometimes you've got to throw yourself into the barrel and uh, roll down the hill after the cheese. What a beautiful image. Let's have one more. This is from Matt, who's talked about film screens and scheduling. Hello, American Mystery Guest. It's you. Thank you. Um, just a short email in relation to your previous conversation about how cinemas decide the screens and timings for film showings. This is, this is good information. Size of screens, was it that? Uh, the, the cinema, the screens and timings. Someone wrote in saying it's quite annoying that they couldn't watch films in the, mo- sort of in the morning. They sort of put... Films that old people and pensioners might watch because they're not working. Oh, yeah. Whereas a lot of the action films and horror films... I mean, it's really rare to find a horror film on 11 o'clock in the mid... You know... Yeah. But I only go at midday because I can't stand people. No, I I agree with you on that one. Anyway, I'll I'll carry on with this. Um, I came across the following article stating how Disney are dictating to the cinema that they must reserve their biggest screen for four weeks exclusively for the Star Wars The Last Jedi this Christmas. It also mentions they're forcing cinemas to give them 65% of the takings rather than normal 55%. That's great information. 65, I didn't know what percentage it was. 65%. That's insane. They did this on the first one, the first the Disney's first release. They did the um, the whole, are oh, we demand to take over your cinema? Yeah. Because uh, Quentin Tarantino had a bit of a run-in, didn't they? Because he had... Um, what film would he have? Oh, was it the Cowboy one? Bastard 12 or something. Oh, I, I know. It was one Glorious in the snow. Eight. Was it Glorious Bastards or was it no, no one? No. It, it was, was one that 12 people go through the snow and they'd shoot each other. Was it 12 or 8? Hateful 8. Hateful 8, that's it. Yeah, he had a big uh, issue with them. Because oh, really? Disney, Disney was trying to take over all the cinemas and he was like, this is my movie though. Yeah. So, But you know, Disney have the power. They have a, imagine like Mickey Mouse's fist. Well, but made of iron. That's basically that's my I, that's why I think of Disney. Holy shit! But they made some good films. But uh, I, I hate the fact that it, it gets to the point where you've seen the three blockbusters and you can't see anything. It's hard to track in London to track down another film because it's all just Star Wars on three screens and then the other blockbuster on the other one. Yeah, and this, this this is why you need to support your local independent cinema. Well, we didn't. We went to the Bitch uh, House instead. Oh, I thought that was a bit more indie than um, than. No, film. no. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Um, the Tricycle in uh, Kilburn is a wonderful independent cinema. Okay. That play great films, and they've got a theatre there, but their screen is very cheap, and they've got a great screen. So I would say during the hustle and bustle of Star Wars Nightmare Week, get on down to the Tricycle and watch a uh, film in subtitles. There we go. Do that. One more letter. Dear Merrick and whoever. Oh, well, do, you, do you mind if I... It's getting a bit more casual, isn't it? Yeah. Whoever. Um, I liked your recent chat about when is a good time to take a piss in the cinema. <laughs> I recently saw Thor Ragnarok in the multi-screen cinema in Valletta in Malta. 
Just as I was approaching you in a clock and I was waiting my chance, the cinema, 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 cinema owner very kindly inserted an old school intermission. No. This is the first time I'd seen one since Jurassic Park in the early 90s. As you correctly predicted, the problem was that everyone went for a pee and there were people coming back with popcorn for a good five minutes after the intermission. Quaint, but I can see why intermission went the way of the dodo. In terms of the film itself, I was happy overall, but I thought the Taika Waititi stuff stuck out like a sore thumb, especially when he dubbed in deadpan Kiwi comedy for the poorly CGI rock monster. It really felt like the studio indulged him for precisely 1% of the film and let him tell a couple of jokes to the class. Now I keep watching the films. I liked his bits in that, but I was right about that saying intermissions. It's literally you're just queuing for a piss. I think it's a bad idea, but I I, I remember it happening once, and I and then after that, kind of thinking, where's these intermission? And I think it was in the Odeon in um, Sheffield, just next to Roxy's, if you know it. And I think I was there with my dad. I was very young, but they had the, the intermission. The curtains closed. Mm. Uh, a, a young lady came around with the, you know, with the, the st- cornetto, yeah. yeah, yeah, and they were selling ice creams and stuff. And I thought, oh, this is, this is the cinema then. And yeah. that never happened to me since. It always happened. It died in on the Isle of Wight. You know, the cinema intermission. Someone come, two people come down the aisles, cornettos and other sort of crap sweets. And at Lake Cinema, which was basically a warehouse with a tiny screen. They used someone used to come out from the curtains in front of the thing mm. with a hand puppet and mime the cornetto music at the start before they called the cornettos. Incredible entertainment. With, I mean, was Cornetto sponsoring that puppet? No, it was just someone in their really rubber cinema. I said, Right, all right, Jackie, you're on um, sock puppet duty. You need to. I imagine them going home and learning the miming bit because you have to. Yeah. It's easy the corn, the cornetto bit is easy. It's one cornet. You have to really build up to the full open sock. Yeah, you'd have to the, sing. I mean, ideally, if you could sing it yourself as well. It's asking a bit much, isn't it? That is a bit school. much, isn't it? Should have not a last action era. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, that's enough of that section. If you want to write in, why not go to filmfandango.co.uk Click on the contact button. Write in with a letter of something that is of interest to you or your family. Also, you can donate to help this podcast. Please do, as it definitely is getting more expensive for me. And you can do that on the website. Thank you to everyone who has. You're really good people. It is much better to give money to this podcast than to children in need or other charities because a lot of it doesn't go um, directly to fruit and it's mm. a lot of it goes, 95% goes on admin. And as people know, this podcast has no admin. There's no admin. No, straight to... It's all going straight, 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 straight to your the pocket. source. Straight, straight to your the, pocket. Well, no, to the cinema. To the cinema. To the cinemas. To the, to the source. Straight to the source. <laughs> and that money allows cinemas to charge cheaper prices mm-hmm. for the children who are poor, who have drug problems. Yes, that want to watch our film. Yes, so it is helping those people with disabilities and with things wrong with them, rather than give money to the charity... Conditions. Conditions. Mm. You're giving money directly to to someone in their admin. Yeah. I mean, it's a no-brainer. You know when you have, if you've ever ordered an Uber or something, you can you can track it on your screen. Yeah. The thing, you should make an app where you can see their the the listeners' money, and follow it all the way to the to the overpriced cinema tickets. To the overpriced cinema tickets. Yeah. And then and then rate your journey. All right, mate. It's good. It's good to get some fresh ideas. Anyway, it's time for this section. We're gonna find out about the guests, what things they like, and other bits. We ask them questions about films. Here are the questions coming up. Um, this is the section where I ask you some questions. Oh no! Now, the first one I'm going to ask you is your IMDb number. You can hear me tippy tapping into my computer. Do you know? Do you know what this bit is? Do you know what your IMDb number is? No. Do I have a number? So what it is, is here, I'm handing over the computer here, here is a list of the top 250 films. Oh, right. And your IMDb number is the first one that you haven't seen. And don't be embarrassed because two of our guests hadn't seen The Godfather or The Godfather 2. Have you not seen them? (laughs) Have you not seen them? This was my secret. You've not seen The Godfather? No. Give me that computer back. Have you seen Shawshank Redemption? Yes. This is other 
four right. guests on and no one's seen The Godfather. I don't, I don't know what it is. I think I've seen most of the other ones. Yeah, but you've seen all of them. Probably seen all of these. It's Dark Knight, Twelve Angry Men, Schindler's List. It's so embarrassing. Matt, Lu- Matt Lucas on Twitter admitted the other day that he'd not seen Hocus Pocus, right? Which isn't as bad, obviously. Hocus Pocus is terrible for Yeah. <laughs> Hocus Pocus, what, the the recent... No, the, the, the Bette Midler... Oh, yeah. I don't think I've sat <laughs> through the whole of that. I've just seen it when she's being... I think, oh, God, but but I took that opportunity to admit that I'd not seen The Godfather. Well, that, that's... I mean, I'm going to bin this section. I thought it was a good idea, this section. I should have just lied, shouldn't I? Well, no. It's quite interesting that no one's seen The Godfather. I think most people have seen The Godfather. I'm trying to do a different section. It's just turned to shit. I think... Um, what what was it? What well, don't worry, don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just go on, move on. I really need to watch The Godfather. Well, right, right, we, well, I've had this conversation for three different people now. I'm not going to comment and not watch right. The Godfather again. All right, fair. What were you just, just done? You just put well, you stop on the end. Maybe of it. do a section called "You've Not Seen Godfather." I tell you what, though, I did ask people the top five films. What? Then it would be five. What are your? You talked about leaving Las Vegas. What are your favourite or formative mm. films? Um. Okay. Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. I still think to this day. Holds. And. Um, Was it your? How old were you when you first saw it? Oh. When it first came round, ninety-three. I think yeah. it was. Um, and my mother had bought a new telly because I didn't see it. I don't think I saw it at the pictures. Or maybe I did. I can't remember the pictures bit, but I came home one day from school and my mum was setting up this big telly. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. was a new telly and it was way bigger. I mean, it was one that was like four feet thick. Yeah. Like heavy, cheapy telly. We got one um my neighbour chucked out when we moved in here two years ago. The, we still had the one with a thick back and the movement went well, I haven't seen one of these for 15 years and they were really pissed off they were just a telly that's so heavy that it would, they, they must have killed children on those televisions yes thousands of children 100% I often think I don't think burglars from the late 80s mid 90s got enough credit for you, you couldn't nick one of those no chance you took two men to, to get this telly done with, with it, they, 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 oh, get the towel out, Tony. And the weird thing when they had sort of half slid it down on some weird, yeah. dirty old oily towel they had for the t- the telly towel, slide it down the stairs. The old telly oh, towel, yeah. is it? Get that out. It was fucking. Nowadays, you put your hand through a letterbox, you can take an iPad. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Whole thing. The tellies. But the, she was setting that up and it had, she had Dolby surround sound we kind of set up and she'd bought Jurassic Park on VHS and we watched it. And it's probably the film that I've seen the most. Okay. Um, so that holds great, great memories. <clears throat> Jeff Goldblum. The Goldblum. Yeah. Um, but another one that I love is With Nail and I. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the one that if someone's not seen, I go, you know, certain people you go, oh, you'd love this. And I'll sit and watch it with them again and again. So I'd, it's I'd, the real cult. I don't like it particularly. Mm. But it's people who love it, really love it with, with a passion, don't they? Yeah, I just think it's just so well scripted and performed. Richard E. Grant, e. Grant is the per. That is per. Sometimes you've got the perfect casting. Yeah, absolutely perfect in that role. He's never going to play in that. It's so good that every other role is a shade of yeah. that. Really, isn't it? Yeah, it wasn't, and it was weird because he was teetotal at the time. Was he? Yeah, he didn't smoke or anything. But he's a proper. He's a proper actor. Proper Thespian. A, a wanker. Uncle, Uncle Monty. What, you mean he's a, wank, he's a wanker? No, I didn't say that. That's not what I was <laughs> Uncle Monty, yeah. Uncle Monty was a fantastic character and a wonderful performance by the late, um, you know, you know what I'm like. Bloke who played the fat lawyer. You know. Fat, fat barrister. He's a fat man that uh, <laughs> it's not shocking that he died, but I mean, it is. I mean, he'd be really pleased uh, if we were looking back on him saying that, <laughs> Rich, Rich. that fat bloke, we can't remember. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we can't remember his name. I'm looking up now. Yeah, Richard know. Griffiths. You've got you on the right. Richard, Richard I was getting Richard Griffiths. Yeah. He put Rumpole Bay. Did he play Rumpole Bay? He was fantastic. I myself see the bumblebee as a prostitute to the bee. Yes, the writing is is very good on it. Oh, yeah. What else? What else? Um, I used to love. I mean, this this is. I'm not. 
seen in a while and I don't know where it is on my scale anymore because at one point it was up there as Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind I always thought was a great performance because I'm an old school Jim Carrey fan and it was nice to see him kill a role that wasn't just all about that shit was just, I mean, Truman, I wasn't really a big fan of his until I saw the Truman Show and that and especially that Actually, yeah. Actually, it's incredible Truman Show is another great as well the soundtrack to that is my favourite it got me into Philip Glass mm. so I thought who does that music and then it got me into listen to um, Candyman yeah great you know he did Candyman Philip Glass did he yeah did, what the actual did the music oh as in say it three times in front of a mirror yeah is it three or five five I always you, did, you do that in your uh, so the Selden Differ sketch where <laughs> There's an homage to Candyman, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> have you done that? Have you said Candyman five times in a minute? I don't think I ever have. <laughs> Are we going to do it now? You could. <laughs> I don't want to do it now. No, well, I thought it was three and we looked it up because we wanted to get it right, obviously, because it's yeah. a Candyman reference, Mr. Funnyface, which is a board game and not the Candyman itself. But, yeah, it's five. And I watched that film when I was about ten years. I don't... Oh, absolutely terrifying. And oh. you must have... Feel yourself in, in in the mirror saying it, but thing I'm thinking it. But don't. What if he? What if he can sense that I'm thinking in the mirror? Uh, <laughs> Did you have that? Oh, my brain saying my brain saying Candyman. But, but I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. Does it count? Does it count? <laughs> Literally my... getting in a stress about that. <laughs> I remember doing that. And going, Marit, you've got to go to your to, to your lecture <laughs> that you're teaching. If you if you have said Candyman five times in front of me and still alive, please write in and tell us that is a good. That I'd like to know your experiences. Yeah, what happened? That yeah, um, I watched that too young, man. I, too young to be watching Candyman, and I don't know. Where, I think my mom might have just been in the kitchen or something. But maybe I think my cousin was there and a brother, and we watched Candyman, and I was maybe like eight. Yeah, I think when you watch a ho- I watch some horror films and properly lying in bed. Absolutely shitting my pants. Too scared to go to the toilet and get really annoyed. To hear, oh, I've just got to go. And literally, you know, my mum and dad in the next room, my brother. <laughs> but I'm too scared to go for a piss. I didn't wet the bed. I forced myself to go up and go. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, your your brain's just so sens- sensitive at that age, and you either love it or something will, something will stick with you. That that's what I had. I had. I remember just, I don't know what it was, like, uh, I watched Werewolf in Paris, I think, or Werewolf in London. That's a, but that has got some of the most terrifying bits in it. It's the, mo- it's the, those weird monster uh, eyes when they burst into the family room and shoot, that's absolutely, yeah. behind, when it's behind the curtain, ter- that's scarier than the werewolf, isn't it? It's the, those weird bug-eyed monsters. Yep, and, um, yeah. Oh, I'd love it if there's one came from behind the sofa now, just shot me. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do. I'd have to look for the nearest weapon, probably the snow globe. Get the snow globe? Oh, that glass vase. To be fair, you've got a selection of uh, ideal, smashable over the heads. Yes, just for weapons, yeah. Waiting for the day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, something you want to snap it, use it as a weapon, straight away, within two seconds. Bam! Bam, straight in the monster's throat. My arm. My arm. Straight in the monster's throat, gun done. Well, that's good. There's some good... So, um, yeah, there's there's a few of my my all-time faves. Uh, Yeah. Super. Well, I think it's time for everyone's. I don't know if people like this section or not. There's been no. There's been no feedback. Film quiz. Trivia questions. Facts. Other things. Interesting. Yes. The first one I've been doing translations of films. Okay. So we had. I keep on banging on this. Though Vaselina was the Spanish translation for Greece. <laughs> Okay, um, so this is the film. Was, this is that uh, El Vaselino Bueno Bueno. I'm going to give you the, the actual translation. You have to guess the film. Okay. So this and, is, and these are legit, yeah. These are legit, yeah. See, uh, it is Italian. Si mi laschi ti cancello. If you leave, was translated. If you leave me, I delete you. That's the literal translation yeah. in Italian. If you yeah. leave me, I, I delete, delete you. you. Is it the the long good? No, not the long good. But the long goodbye is it? No. If you leave me, I will delete you. Mm. Quite tricky. Yes. If you leave me now, you take away the bit. That's the best bit of that song, is there? 
Yeah, I'll just try and buy myself a bit more time there. I'm going to go with, if you leave me now. If you leave me, I delete you. If you leave me, I delete you. Um, Good, goodbye. (laughs) Yellow brick. Well, what the odd coincidence is, is that you mentioned it a few seconds ago. It's eternal sunshine and spotless mind. Oh, oh, if you delete me. Oh, jeez. Very hard, very hard question. But I thought, do you know what? This is a really odd coincidence that you might, you might... I'm not, yes, I've never seen the Italian version. That's, that is very literal, isn't it? Yeah. If you leave me, I delete you. Here's, here's next question. Yep. Who is the oldest of these two people? Who is the oldest? It's good that you give me an option, though. Yeah. yeah. Justin Timberlake uh-huh. or Macaulay Culkin? Um, I think it's got to be. It's a, it's a it's a good one. Yeah, I'll try making tricky. Yeah, because obviously child star, both child 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 children. Yeah, but who which one came? Child in? stars. You only know Tom Timberlake when he's old already. But Macaulay Culkin, how? I feel Macaulay. Ah, God, I feel like you're gonna go. They're exactly the same age and they were born on the same well, I day. Don't, I don't think I'd ever use that well, voice. Well, you'd probably do something similar to that. Try and trick me and stab me in the heart. I'm going to say 100% because I know this for a fact. It's mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake. He's older than Macaulay Culkin. Justin Timberlake was born on January the 31st, 1981. 81? Mm-hmm. Macaulay Culkin was born August the 26th, 1980. Oh. Macaulay Culkin is older. Wow. Yeah. 1980, a year older. So yeah, it's pretty tricky. It's tricky. Six. So he's 36. 37. Yeah, Justin Timberlake's 36. He seems young, doesn't he? God, he must have been... So, here's the next question. Yeah, yeah. Which of these was released first? Home Alone or Terminator 2? <sighs> one year in between them. Oh, what? Oh, there's one year in between. Okay, right. So, Home Alone came out, but ter- when Terminator was, I'd say... Older came Terminate, out. Terminate, Terminator 2. No, I know. I'm trying to work out. Yeah, Terminator, wise. I think, would have come out before Home Alone, I'm sure. So I'd say Terminator, then Home Alone, then Terminator 2, then Home Alone 2. So I would say Terminator 2 came out before Home Alone 2. Before Home Alone 2? Yeah. No, before Home Alone, I'm talking about. Not Home Alone 2. Home Alone and Terminator 2. So due, due to my calculations, I'd say Terminator, Home Alone. <laughs> and then Terminator 2. And then Terminator 2. So... Home Alone uh, came out first, you're saying? Home Alone came before Terminator 2. You are correct. Yes. Home Alone, 1990, Terminator 2, 1991. <sighs> um, whose n- real name is... What actress... You know from her stage name, this is her real name. Susan Alexandra Weaver. Is it... Oh, I was going to say... I was thinking of Ripley. Is it Sigourney Weaver? That's yeah, that's right. Sigourney Weaver? Yeah, it's pretty easy, that one, because yes. the Weaver's still there. Yes. So you're on... You're on two. What is that? Is that, is that it? No, one more question. Okay. You get to the three, and it's, it's going to be... Quite, everyone is going to be shitting themselves. It's very tricky. I watched Romancing the Stone the other day. Uh-huh. The Michael Douglas... Um, Epic. Uh, <laughs> classic, yes. Um, but who... Who was... And there's a terrible story with the person who wrote that, the, the, who was a waitress, apparently, who wrote the film Romancing the Stone and wanted to be a screenwriter, which is basically handing out scripts to people... And got that made, and she just died out in a car crash about a month after it got oh made. Oh my god! Um, anyway, who oh god. was on the happy note? Who was original? According to Wikipedia, who was originally considered for the role of Jack T. Colton? Jack, who was originally considered for that role? So, Romancing the Stone, which I think came out. I'll give you the when it came out, so you can think about who was uh, the other famous actors around 1984. I want to go. I want to answer this in quick time because I don't think I'm going to have as good a guess as I, what I'm going to go for. Go for it. Um, I'm presuming it's the character that Michael Douglas yep, yep, yep. plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Kathleen Turner. 
Um, was it? Um, oh, not Richard Gear. I want to say. Um, <laughs> every time we go live, whether it's my own or someone else's, my brain when it comes to thinking of people's names, the easiest of names. What film? So Indiana Jones. Yeah. Was played. It wasn't Richard Gere, was it? No, in Harrison Ford. In Harrison Jones. Ford, Jesus Christ. See, this is what I'm saying. My, my mind is... It's all right. It's normal. It's, normal. it's to the pressure of being on this podcast. It is a very pressurised situation. The, the listeners... I'm holding a, a knife to Matt's throat all the way <laughs> yeah. and have been for the entire podcast. So <laughs> yeah. he's performed... He's been surprisingly relaxed to this point. You put that in perspective. I'm going to say... Har- I think Harrison Ford would have... would have uh, He would have nailed that part. He would have nailed that part. I think Michael Douglas was very... It was great for it. It was actually Sylvester Stallone. Oh my word! That would have been incredible. Yeah. That is according to Wikipedia, so it could have been someone just wrote it on there for a joke, and I've used that as a question to. to I'm going to go and edit Wikipedia and then and then change it to Harrison Ford. You could probably do that and then go on a quiz show that day or a week later and get definitely get all the answers right. And I'll email in to this show and say, regarding my show last. Week. And it'll get rid of in about a year's time. It's too much effort. Yeah. So two, where does that put me on the, lead, on the leaderboard? Well, there's no real leaderboard. It's just sort of, it's, it's respect, a respectable score. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, well done. I'm pretty pleased with that. Well, that's the end of this podcast. Um, where can people find out about you, Matt? Um, well, I'm, I try and spread myself fairly across all the uh, good, social good, media. Good, lovely. Uh, on my Twitter... Uh, I'm I'm creeping towards eighty followers now. So eighty. Yeah, I'm. Uh, low we can on... get you up to eighty-one or two, I think. If if you guys could get me up to eighty-one or eighty-two, you can get me at, at Matt Skillington. S for the dollar sign. Uh, no, forget the dollar. Don't let the dollar sign <laughs> confuse you. That's between me and my bank. Okay. Um, Andy Paul, um, at Matt Skillington, and it's the same with Instagram as well. I think it's if you want to follow me on Instagram, I mean. Twitter's probably the main thing, and my podcast, obviously, on iTunes. and uh, Look up, leave it or not, Skillington. Yeah. Find those things. Look them up. Subscribe. Press, press yes. Click, click the link below. Like and subscribe and share. Press yes and tell your friends. Well, thank you very much for doing the podcast. And, no, um, thanks for having me on, mate. I've really enjoyed it, and it's been nice going to the cinema um, with a man that I've just met that day. You know, a rare experience. I mean, I mean, it's, it's seldom happens without someone getting wanked off. <laughs> it's the first time the two men have met and gone cinema, and no one has been wanked off. Yeah, that's true. That's what I was saying earlier, wasn't it? That you, you brought the popcorn bags rather than the um. The, oh, we shouldn't really talk about that, should we? Because that's controversial. Well, Matt said to me literally when the first thing he said in the cinema was, "It's much more difficult to get your dick for the bottom." Of. <laughs> I was trying to break the ice. Well, I think that's a perfect ending for the. Um, if you have got your dick or ever anything, you through the bottom of one of these bag of popcorns. Tell us how to do it, and then <laughs> write in and that's maybe a ziplock for you know and for, for preparation. Yes, yes. Let us know how you do it. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for listening. Keep watching the films. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.